Hello and welcome to Pause Pop, positively pop culture, where we talk about things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm KW Taylor. And I'm Carrie Gessner. And today we're discussing Maggie Rogers' new album, Surrender, and the psychological horror movie, The Empty Man. So <laughs> Two very different things. Two very different things. <laughs> so you are a big Maggie Rogers fan, and we've been, mm-hmm. we've talked about her before. I have heard the first single off of this album, Want, okay. Want, but I have not heard the whole album, so I'm curious to hear all about it. Okay, yeah. My friend Erica got me into Maggie Rogers, and I was very excited for this album to drop at the end of July, and I have had it in my car since then for like a full month, and it's just <laughs> like, that's just what I listen to. <laughs> unless i go like if i go on a longer trip i'll listen to a podcast or something but if yeah yeah, if i want to listen to music it's just been this (laughs) cool that's great (laughs) so i'm just like obsessed with this it's so good and some of the stuff is so weird but (laughs) (laughs) but i'm on the wikipedia right now this this album's called surrender and i'm on the wikipedia and it says that She stated that the album would be self-produced and sounded like, quote, feral joy. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Which I kind of get. Like, it sounds really weird to just say that about music. But I think once you listen to it, you kind of get it. (laughs) Okay. But yeah, so this has 12 tracks. Like, it's, it's indie pop. It's alt pop. There are, there's like some elements of rock. According to Wikipedia, there's some elements of new wave, electroacoustic, slacker rock, synth pop. I don't know what all this stuff is. Sunshine pop. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's just really fun. It's really good. I Her first couple singles, That's Where I Am and Want Want are very high energy. I, I really want to mention that when she puts out her music videos, she does so with closed captions which I love because sometimes I, sometimes people are like, listen to this song or like watch this video sometimes. And I go and I watch it and I like to watch the videos for songs. And then like, I can barely tell what they're saying and there are no closed captions. So <laughs> it's really cool that she does that. Just shout out. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. I'm trying to think of what to, to say about all this. But one thing that I found was really interesting There are some lyrics. So Maggie Rogers has synesthesia. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if this is part of it. But on the back of her album, she talks about like, feeling feelings in her teeth sometimes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, yeah, okay. (laughs) I mean, not okay. Let me just say not everyone's (laughs) synesthesia is the same. We've talked about this with her before that I have synesthesia. Also, I do not feel feelings in my teeth. But I'm, okay. al- I'm also like, oh, of course, yes, somebody with that <laughs> could very well have that sensation. That's, yeah, so that is part of it. Okay, because you, like, did not blink, and I was like, and when I heard some of the lyrics, she's just like, I feel it in my teeth, and I'm just like, that is so interesting. Like, she feels, she seems like such an interesting person, but I think that, yeah, part of that is, might be her synesthesia, mm-hmm. and I think it, it helps her, you know, produce some really interesting music like it's pop but it's also sometimes it's got deep messages to it Mm -hmm. 
And sometimes it's just like, sometimes the lyrics are, if you want, want what you want, want, then you want it. And I'm like, okay, Maggie. Yeah, I guess (laughs) if you want what you want, then you want it. (laughs) Yeah, that's not, that's not more of her deeper lyrics, I would say. (laughs) No. And like, I love that there is that spectrum. Yes. I love that there is that spectrum with her. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like some of it is like, this is going to be a a bop and that's all it wants to be. And some of it is like, let's talk about mental health. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So some of the songs I really like, all of them, basically. (laughs) (laughs) So some of the songs I like are Horses. This was the third single. I really like the chorus of Horses, and it's just, I see horses running wild. I wish I could feel like that for just a minute. Mm. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. Like, I... I just love the nature imagery in this one, and it sort of reminds me of a Mary Oliver poem. Mm. So I really like that one. I really like Shatter, and I was surprised to to learn that Florence Welch is on this track. Oh, She cool. sings backup vocals and apparently plays the tambourine. Oh, fun. <laughs> I think. <laughs> but this one... This is this is the track that really makes me feel the feral joy. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I sent a text message to my friend the other day and was like, Shatter makes me go feral. Like, it, <laughs> it's just, it's so upbeat. And it makes me want to, like, bang my head, like, in a good way. <laughs> like, dancing. Okay. okay. <laughs> makes me want to, like, jump around and bang my head. Does that make sense? Sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> but she talks about, she talks about teeth again in this one. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see it in your teeth. There's a tightness when you're smiling. And I think that's Ooh. really interesting. But part of the chorus is like, I could I could break a glass just to watch it shatter, which is just such an interesting oh. metaphor and thought. And I I really love the lyrics of songs. And I like the lyrics that she writes. But it's so much different me just saying them out loud and versus hearing <laughs> hearing them in the song but she mentions bowie in the song david bowie oh cool Cool. (laughs) i just wish that i could hear a new bowie again oh same maggie yeah (laughs) oh and then my i don't know if it's my favorite but it's definitely definitely a standout it's called begging for rain it's slow it's slower tempo Mm -hmm. it's a much gentler song but i think it's a lot about like mental health and finding your purpose and some she's like sometimes you're just there you're standing on an open plane and the the flames are being fanned higher and higher and you're just begging for rain and one of the the verses i really like she's like i try my best not to be bitter and i give my rage a babysitter oh yeah and it's just like yeah sometimes you gotta you gotta like put your emotions to bed and you just like that's enough for today and other times you're like i feel like i'm on fire and i need the rain to come you know mm-hmm. so i i just really this song got to me mm. a lot and uh and every time it comes on i'm like let me play that one again <laughs> <laughs> but all in all like i just really really love this album, like I said, I've been playing it nonstop. I highly recommend it to everyone. I don't know what else to say. I wish I were better at talking about music, but it makes me (laughs) 
feel all these good feelings and it makes me happy and it makes me some of the songs make me feel seen mm-hmm. and some just make me want to dance yeah <laughs> cool <laughs> so well i like everything i've heard by her so i just you know i'm sometimes more of a single person like mm-hmm. listening to individual songs and it takes me a minute to get to the full album so that's fine i'm gonna send you horses later okay since you've listened to a couple tracks i'm gonna send you that one cool mm-hmm. sounds good nice nice well I don't, there's no good way to segue from a music album no. into a horror movie. No. <laughs> what made you seek out this horror movie? Um, my husband and I were wanting to watch a movie a few weeks back, and we were just flipping through HBO Max and just kind of like, we'll just pick something and see if it's good. And he had heard that The Empty Man was kind of becoming a little bit of a cult favorite. So I was just like, you know what? It's not that long. Let's just put that on. And sometimes I find the best movies that way of just almost playing like a roulette wheel with mm-hmm. with your streaming services. <laughs> and <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know anything about this going in. Like literally nothing. I had never even heard of this. Okay. Yeah, I haven't heard of it either. Yeah. And I was like this was really good. It was really fun. It was really weird. It was really thought provoking. And it was nothing like the title made me think. Mm. And I actually think you would really like this. Oh, okay. Because it's, there's very little to no gore. Okay. There's like one murder scene that's not great for a lot of reasons, but that's like it. And there's a couple things that are disturbing, but nothing that's really that bloody or gross. Okay. All of the horror is really psychological and supernatural, both. Okay, cool. And I think the reason this movie got kind of lost is because of COVID. It was filmed in 2017, and they were kind of working on tweaking it and stuff. And then it ended up just kind of getting released in the fall of 2020. Oh. So, like, it really didn't do any money at all. Like, it only made... 4.8 million dollars at the box office when it came out and that is like nothing compared to its budget so yeah yeah. so yeah this was really not a success but it has become a little bit more like i think fans of both supernatural and psychological horror and also fans of like lovecraftian mythos stuff have kind of glommed onto it even though it's not exactly lovecraftian Mm -hmm. it's lovecraftian adjacent enough that i can see why it would get Uh, some interest from those folks. Okay. Okay, so let's explain what this is about. This is based on a graphic novel of the same name by Cullen Bunn. But from what I understand, it does not have that much in common with the graphic novel, other than some basic premise things. So I may end up reading that. I'm not sure. But um, that did intrigue me. Okay. Something that's really uniquely strange about this movie is the first 20 minutes almost are their own self-contained story that we don't find out the connection between that and the rest of the movie until much later. Oh. So the beginning starts out, it's set in 1995 in the beginning, and these four friends are going hiking in Bhutan, and it's winter, and it's snowing, and... One of them hears this weird noise, Uh-oh. 
<laughs> I know, right? That's like immediately like, oh, this is not a good, don't do it. Oh, and they, uh, this is also upsetting. They come upon a like really rickety bridge that's like a swinging rope bridge. Oh, man. Okay. And they're like, oh, let's go ahead and go across. And I'm like, you guys don't do that. And of course, <laughs> they they didn't listen to me and they went ahead nope. and crossed it. I'm like, that's, they made it across, but yeah. it's already like, no, no, no. <laughs> so anyway, one of the guys whose name is Paul, he hears this weird whistling sound. And then he almost immediately falls into a crevice. Oh, geez. And it's two women and two men. And so the other guy, Greg, like he has the women, Ruthie and Fiona, lower him down by a rope into the crevice, which ends up being a cave. And he, Paul is in a totally catatonic state. Oh, geez. I'm not going to be too specific about some of the rest of this, but <sighs> this this 20 minute sequence ends very badly. Oh, Things no. are not great. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I have to be vague, though, because it's very like, okay. So then we okay. flash, we flash forward to 2018 in probably like somewhere near St. Louis or so. And this guy, James LaSombra, is a former police detective. And his wife and son had been killed in a car accident the year prior. And his neighbor is a widowed single mother, and her daughter runs away from home. And there's a message written in blood in her bathroom that says, the empty man made me do it. Oh my god, okay. <laughs> and James tries to help Nora find her daughter, Amanda. And as part of his investigation, he goes to see some of Amanda's friends at school. So Amanda had done this thing with her friends where they had decided to summon this local legend known as the empty man mm, don't do that no i was uh, like same thing i was like don't do that so apparently one night late at night they were all like walking around and they found an empty bridge that had probably previously been a, a driving bridge but it had kind of fallen into disuse and so it was you could walk across it by foot and I'm also like, I don't feel great about walking across an empty, like, gross bridge at night. Yeah. Like, the, the rope bridge was bad enough. This is at night. And if you, apparently, if you find an empty bottle on a bridge, you're supposed to blow into the bottle to make that, like, hollow, creepy sound that oh. blowing into a bottle makes. And then you think of the empty man. So Amanda goads her friends into doing this. They all do it. And then, and then Amanda goes missing. Mm -hmm. So James goes on this investigation. He ends up kind of coming across some, and again, I don't want to get into too much detail because it's really <laughs> neat to kind of go on the journey, but his investigation does reveal some stuff. There is a ton of creepy things and people that he encounters along the way. There are elements of this that also reminded me of things that are in Twin Peaks, Okay. So if you like sort of Lynchian, uncanny, horror-adjacent stuff that has a deep philosophical undercurrent, you will enjoy that. And James goes through a lot of things that cause him to sort of break down and question a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. If you if you like things that have to do with identity and the shifting nature of perspective and reality and like this is really unsettling and ultimately satisfying but also upsetting. Mhm. And I do there's some really good performances here. Several of these actors I had never seen but James is played by James Badgedale. He was very good. Um, Nora, his neighbor, was played by Marin Ireland, who I, she was in season two of The Umbrella Academy. And there is this creepy cult leader named Arthur Parsons, who's played by veteran character actor Stephen Root, who is normally in <laughs> comedies. He plays the the hitman handler on Barry on HBO. He was in news radio. He was the stapler guy in Office Space. So it's yeah. very, yeah, it's so upsetting to see him as this like, cult leader who has this like weirdly dynamic personality (laughs) gotta love a good cult leader gotta love a good cult leader and there's there's a couple (laughs) other um actors who are good but it's a real it's a mostly like not super well-known cast which i think helps because you can just kind of be fully immersed rather than going hey it's that guy really Mm -hmm. steven root was the only case where i'm like hey it's that guy (laughs) but one of the problems with the release of this movie apparently 20th century fox had because of COVID, they didn't really let the director, David Pryor, they didn't really let him work on the final cut as much as he would have liked. So he has actually said, and it's a little bit longer than he wanted it to be, he does not consider this the version that came out to be his necessarily definitive edit. Mm -hmm. He feels like this was still almost a work print. And that's part of why it probably didn't do as well. And it didn't really even get very good reviews when it came out. Okay. But I think that's, I would give this a much more solid rating than a lot of, than a lot of these reviews did. I would say that this, the the hallmark of a good psychological horror movie to me is, does it leave you like researching some philosophies? Does it leave you thinking deeply does it leave you feeling maybe inspired in some way? And does it just kind of stick with you in this eerie way? Mm-hmm. I will say too, the, the thing with the, like, if you blow in a bottle on a bridge and think of the empty man, that the empty man is supposed to come and that he is supposedly this kind of dark figure who just kind of shambles around and is <laughs> inscrutable and nonverbal and just kind of is creepy and will, will get you like a boogeyman. It sounds a little bit like the Slender Man. It is a little bit like the Slender Man, yeah. But the I feel like the the fact of calling it the Empty Man is worse because yeah, what does that even imply? And the the local legend, like the the urban legend part of it, doesn't really say what that means. Mm-hmm. But there's this idea of shadow selves and something that lives but doesn't live. And you're in between states of consciousness and states of existence. And that's not, I mean, that's, that makes you feel uncanny. (laughs) And I'll also say that some of the other iconography in the movie, other than this like sort of shadowy figure and this idea of bridges and also being trapped in a cabin in a snowstorm in a foreign country, there's... Other things that sort of hearken to mind classic slasher films of the 80s, like cabins in the woods that might be old, abandoned uh, summer camps. And 
these weird little cults that spring up around certain things. So I feel like the other cool thing is that there's a lot drawn from a lot of different horror movie traditions that they blend together pretty interestingly so that almost no matter what kind of psychological horror you like, you'll find some homages to a variety of that stuff. Okay. But I think that's almost symbolic of that title again. It's like it's like we've filled this empty vessel with a lot of things that are compelling and that the sum of that kind of equals what we find here. Yeah. So yeah, I think you would actually really, really dig it because I feel like it it has a Mike Flanagan feel to it. Okay. And I know you had tried Twin Peaks at one time, but wasn't necessarily super jazzed about it. But this may make you get more intrigued if some of the subject matter ends up being interesting to you. So, okay, cool. I will say the only thing I did not like is Amanda, the missing teen. She, for absolutely no reason, Amanda is played by Sasha for Lava. And for absolutely no discernible reason, she has a bowl haircut, just like Will Byers on Stranger Things. Uh, okay. <laughs> and the segments of the movie that she's in are set in present day. So there is hmm. no weird retro reason for that to be. Yeah. This girl is very pretty. I don't know why they did this to her, but it's not right. So that is literally the only criticism I have of it. That is good to know. I'll keep that in mind. Wow, that okay. is, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. But the movie as a whole sounds really interesting. And yeah. I I have been I don't know if it's like because I feel fall coming on, but mm-hmm. yeah, I've been wanting to watch more spooky and horror movies lately. So Yeah. Yeah, I might give this a shot this weekend. Do it. Do it, yeah. Watch it very late at night. <sighs> okay. I I was watching one last night. I think it's called Intrusion, uh-huh. and it's it's less supernatural. It's more just straight thriller, mm-hmm. but it's about Frida Pinto plays a a wife, and they he, she and her husband just moved into this new house, and it's it's this like big modern house. And the first thing I saw I said when I saw it was like you've invited a horror movie in just by living in a house like that. But <laughs> <laughs> but they have a home invasion, and then. Mm-hmm like things sort of spiral from there and i was like i it was like 1 or one thirty in the morning i was like i need to stop watching this right now because yeah. <laughs> cuz it's freaking me out cuz it's too oh, late at no. night so yeah well do make the same mistake again with this and then you'll all right have some spooky dreams <laughs> but i'm as we get into the fall season i know we will probably end up watching a lot more horror Mm -hmm. and horror adjacent things spooky things of all kinds so probably more as we get into episodes dropping in october yes there's more more mike flanagan stuff coming in october so cool yeah (laughs) i'm excited yeah and for whatever reason horror is a genre where if i'm really not sure what kind of movie i want to watch horror is a good Mm go-to because i think like, if you want a comedy, some good horror will have moments of cute dialogue, especially in the pre-horror part of it. <laughs> if you yeah. want something that feels like you're supporting an indie director, a lot of them are pretty low budget like that. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of fun. And yeah. then if you want things that have some action, they'll usually have some action. If you want something mysterious, you know, I think horror as a genre is sort of 
interdisciplinary in that way. You know, yeah. it's it does a lot of work and yeah, and it can often be, you know, an interesting payoff. And the other good thing about a, a horror movie that you don't know a lot about going into, even if it's not very good, then you can kind of make fun of it if it's bad in ways that are like, well, that costume looks ridiculous or that yeah. girl, why is that girl's hair in a mushroom? <laughs> like, that's dumb, you know, so... You can mock it and at least enjoy the the camaraderie of mocking this bad movie. So yes, and I think even with the bad ones, I think it's fun to kind of figure out what they were trying to say. Mm-hmm. And usually, even if it's bad, there's I feel like there's always at least like one good actor performance. Yeah, that you can always kind of latch on to. So yeah, yeah. and a horror as a genre, like you said, it's it's so versatile, and mm-hmm. there are so many different kinds. So, yeah, it depends on, like, what kind of mood you're in, or my horror is probably, my favorite horror is probably slightly different than your favorite kind of horror, so, Mm -hmm. like, we don't, I don't like gory things, but there are, like, action ones and psychological ones and and all different kinds of horror that you can usually find something that piques your interest. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Well, if you're interested in watching The Empty Man, it's streaming on HBO Max, is that right? Yep. And if you don't want horror at all and you just want to listen to some bops, <laughs> you can find Maggie Rogers' new album, Surrender, anywhere you get your music. Yep. And next week, we'll be talking about more great pop culture stuff. So join us for that. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find me on Twitter at KW Taylor Writer. And me at Carrie Gessner. And you can find the show on Twitter at Pause Pop Podcast. You can also find our website at PositivelyPopCulture.com, and from there you can find the link to the merch store, as well as our email, which is PositivelyPopCulture at gmail.com. And please rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, stay healthy and safe, and join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. Pause Pop.